When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Sweet Caroline Harris. To be more like Caroline, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show. Become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. His back is strong, his beard is thick. Wonders what makes people tick. Joe Marler and his show. Joe Marler, here we go. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler and this is Tom Fordyce. Hello, Tom. Joe, I've got a question for you. Please ask away, Tom. If you could live to any age, and I'm going to straight away put a stipulation that you can't live to 250. Do I keep aging to 250 or do I stop and then it's like I'm, I Good just question. stop and think? You have aged, but you are still, you have your mental faculties. Oh. You're still with it. There's been some physical deterioration, but that's... No great surprise to you. What, like, my, my dick? What? <laughs> I hadn't actually thought about the age I, process I, on your penis if when I asked if, this question. But so say I'm 100, let's go... 150. 150. I wanted 180. All right, I'll meet you halfway. Just so that when people go, oh, how old are you? I go, 180. <laughs> the sole reason for living to... <laughs> That's right. Is that okay? Okay. Right, 180. Mm. Um, can I get an erection? <laughs> Still, um, only sporadically. Okay, so, so it's still possible. It's possible once every but two months, but not on call. No, you but have to have like... one of those pumps put in your balls. You know the ones what? where it's like a hydraulic pump where they squeeze your balls. And... <laughs> you never seen those? Who puts a hydraulic pump on their balls people, to get a dick hard? People with erectile dysfunction. Never heard of that. So you're 180. You've yep. got hydraulic. You've got a hydraulic ball pump. What's going on with my anus? Am I? Is that still <laughs> tight? As in, it's or loo- do I shit myself? It's looser than it was, but um, it's you can cope with it in social situations. Okay, I hazard guess I'm not going to live that long. The life I lead, mate, I ain't getting to one hundred and ninety. What about you? Difficult. Tell me what what's the perfect age that you want to live to? Such a hard question, Joe. It's not. 
You know when people are announced as the oldest person in the world and there's yeah. a big celebration, I always think it's a bit of a sort of double-edged sword, isn't it? Because you're like, yeah, you're the oldest person in the world, but realistically, it means you're going to die quite soon. Do you know who the oldest person in the world is currently living? Tell me. Her name's Mary, and is she's true? 201. <laughs> Where does Mary live? I don't know. Jasper told me the other day this fact. <laughs> Let me just double-check this. I didn't actually double-check it at the time. Uh, so she, the way you've just said... Well, the way you've just giggled tells me that this isn't true. 200 is top... 201. End. That's top end, I'd say. Who is the oldest living person? Oh, my God. He's not far off. What? You know, I said it was Mary who's 201. Yeah. And I hadn't looked it up. And now I looked it up. It's Maria Branas. Yeah. She's the oldest known living person from Spain. How old is she? She's... You guess. You've just looked. You've cheated. She's not fucking 201, is she? She's 115. Not even close. It's uh, he. She, he. He's c closer to being right than you are being wrong. How do you work that sum out? Exactly. But fair fucks to him. He got half her name right. <laughs> got her age massively, <laughs> massively wrong. Yeah, but uh, think, cares think she details. would have seen in her life if she was 201. Well, what would she have seen? Two 200 years ago, what would she have seen? Well, she's seen the invention of the aeroplane. No, she wouldn't. Why not? Because you can't see a lot at one. <laughs> you can barely see. <laughs> it's quite blurry, isn't it? So she didn't see that. If you would like to support this show, I don't know why, but you can, by subscribing on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. For a pound a week, you can get bonus content and free longer episodes and at exactly the same time, Joel... You will be growing the show 201 times. <laughs> you can also listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. If you would like to come and watch The Joe Marler Show live, Joe, what needs to happen? Well, you've got to purchase tickets. We're not, we're not doing it for free. That sounds fair. We're selling them. And if you want to buy them, fuck, you've got to be quick because they are going like hotcakes. Mm. And what does that even mean? Because when you see a hotcake, it's not fucking running, is it? <laughs> What do you mean? Oh, cool, quick, get them. They're going like hotcakes. Do what? you prefer your cakes hot? No, you've got to wait at least 10 to 15 minutes for them to cool down before you start icing them. This is madness. Fucking ridiculous. But if you do want to make uh, use of your time by coming to the tour, then you need to buy these hotcake tickets. And the best way to do that is to click the link in the episode description now or just Google it. Uh, the Joe Marler Show live tour. Right, let's get... A railway worker on Joe. Bring him in. Today's wonderful guest is named Ross. Is that your real name? That is, yeah. We're allowed to use your real name? Yes, you can, yeah. What does Ross do, Joe? Yeah, and Ross <laughs> is a network rail worker. Have That's I correct. pronounced that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of us, but uh, my, my job title is Mobile Operations Manager, which is very vague... Beautifully vague. Um, now, Joe, you will have noticed that I was approximately 25 minutes late for the start of today's show. Get this. Can I just double-check that? Uh, well, technically, yes, you were 25 minutes late for the start of the show, but you should have been here earlier so we could have a quick debrief or Coffee, upbrief. yeah. Coffee, house things, get all the small talk out of the way. Like, And so, actually, you're an hour late. Joe, get this. Do you know why I'm late? Because... You woke up late, you can't bother to do the show anymore. Um, <laughs> you actually got a later train than you were meant to get. Why? Joe, 
Fittingly for today's guest, my train was delayed owing to trespassers on the line. Did you do it on purpose? No. <laughs> Are you saying that on purpose? No. So this is legit? This is legit. I inadvertently did some research for today's guest just by sitting on my train. And it is legit. I verified. What do you mean it is? How do you verify that then? What do you mean? How, were you with him? No, I'm able to check. I, I've got... Obviously, we have systems in place for communicating these things. So when, when I was asked, is Tom actually late? Or is he, you know, is he properly delayed? I was able to check and... Uh, is this like... There were trespassers on the line. Is this like... You put like the... MI5's <laughs> arm of <laughs> railway workers. No, it's all just to keep things moving as quick as possible. Joe, there is a note on the script that Ryan has provided saying that Ross is a railway incident responder. Ross, what does that mean? Yeah, so that, that's a, a more accurate title. That describes the job a bit better. So my job, essentially, it involves anything that would stop a train or delay a service or impact the railway. Generally, I'll get a call. And then it's my job to go to site and determine what needs to be done, what's happened, and do all manner of things to get trains moving again. So what are the main things that cause train delays then? I think you should name some, Joe. See how many you can get right. Go. L- leaves. Yeah, leaves is a, a contentious <gasps> subject. We, we, can talk, we can talk about leaves. <laughs> Ross's face when you said leaves is the first thing he was like, for fuck's sake. Because it's, because, it's because everyone thinks with leaves, they think like Joe's thinking. They think, oh, what, leaves? But the science behind it, if everyone knew the science behind it, then maybe it'd be easier to understand. In, in leaving me. In leaving me. <laughs> in Essentially what happens, in autumn, obviously loads of leaves fall off the trees. With um, adverse weather, with rain and wind, they all pile down at once. And then the trains go over them. And train tracks and train wheels are both metal. It's metal on metal. So what happens is, over time, those leaves get compressed down and down and down. And they form like a Teflon material. Like, it's rock hard. It doesn't come off. And there's no grip on it at all. So multiple things can happen. One is a train doesn't stop when it's trying to stop. It just skids. And then it can overshoot platforms. And all manner of terrible things can happen. It can also cause the system to fail. So... Broadly speaking, the system runs on electronic signals sent around, telling things what's happening. And if the leaves stop that signal getting through, then certain things might not happen that are meant to happen, if that makes sense. So things like level crossing barriers. A lot of them are automated, that when a train hits a certain part of the track, the crossing starts to lower. If there's loads of leaves on there and the the track doesn't know the train's on top of it, the crossing doesn't lower, and then serious accidents can happen. Whenever I get to a railway crossing... Me and Daisy always joke, like, what? Have you ever crossed one when you shouldn't have done? No, like, we always joke, even when they're up, there's no thing. I still shit myself. Oh, big time. Like, get the butterflies in my tummy, and we both go, oh, save yourself. <laughs> As we go, literally go, oh, save yourself. It's such a weird thing, but we do it, save yourself. And she obviously goes, save yourself. <laughs> she sounds like your head. Save yourself. Well, she's got a higher voice, hasn't yeah. she? So that's why I had to make it a bit higher. So there's a chance that that fear I have is real. It's a very, very tiny chance. We put in a lot of work to ensure that stuff doesn't happen. Like me and my colleagues, for three months, four months of autumn, it's like Groundhog Day. Every day, without fail, we're out checking hotspots, checking the contamination. If it is contaminated, we treat it by removing the leaves with a combination of sand and scrubbers and things. What? And then ev- every night, special trains go out when there's no trains around to blast them all off the line all Ooh. night. They're yeah, going. Like, with leaf blower? Well, water jets. It's water. Do they? Yeah, every night, non-stop, main line. F- Sorry, Ross. I'm going to have to stop you there. <laughs> 
You put water on electrical train tracks. <laughs> no, 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 no. If it was electrical, it'd be a problem every time it rained. It's the overhead wires that are electrical. <laughs> what? What? You, you're you're right to a degree. There are rails that are electrified, but they're, they're mainly in the London So if area. I fell on a train track, yeah. I'm not getting electrocuted? Well, I couldn't say no. Right, I'm at, Lewis, I'm at Lewis train station. Where is that? Okay, I'm at Tunbridge Wells train station. Okay. There's no trains for ages. In fact, the trains have stopped running because there's yet another strike, which we'll get on to. Okay, yeah, of course. Do I? Am I all right there? Um, I can't say for certain because around London there are what you call third rails, which is where the train is electrified by an extra piece of rail. But most of the railways, they're electrified by overhead wires or the trains run on diesel. Mm. What did you, so, when you've seen the overhead wires in the past, Joe, what have you assumed they're for? What overhead wires? The wires that are overhead. The ones above the train. What have you thought those are for? I've never seen an overhead. <laughs> Do you not look up often? <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just the ceiling of the train. <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? What do you mean? When you're on the wires? platform, when you're on the platform, when there's not a train there, you got the track, and then you got all the wires above. Right, hang on. I need something clearing up here. There's wires above my train. The train moves by wheels on a track. Yeah, like like the fucking pillow. Bricko. What's yeah, the stuff that. kids have got? Yeah, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the, on the, loads on, of it at home, yeah. Yeah, like with the track and the mm. thingy. There's no wires on the little Bricko. <laughs> I mean, you probably push them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, sorry. <laughs> I just, just correct you there. I pull them oh, all right, because sorry. they're magnetic. So I always pull from the lead tram, lean tr carriage, and then they're on behind and sometimes... Fuck, why am I talking about Bricko? There's... Where are these wires? What are they for? They charge the trains. They send electric current. 27,000 volts run along <sighs> them. And that, that's basically how trains get around. How, how high up are they? High enough. I know that when I have to get stuff as off As specific them, as that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I know when I have to get stuff off them, I have to use a, like a 12-foot pole. I have to assemble poles in three-foot sections. and What gets stuck on the wires? Helium balloons are the worst. <sighs> You know when people let them float away, oh. they always find a way of wrapping around the overhead wires. Do they? And then you've got the train comes along, it hits the helium balloon, pulls all the overhead wires down, and you've got a two-day clean-up oy, job. Oy, oy. Two days? I had one in locally just before Christmas, and it, it took nearly two days because it pulled down over a kilometre of overhead wires. For one balloon? It, yeah, balloons. Um, when we had the beast from the east, it was the plastic shrink wrap from like builders' yards. Everything can find its way. I had an incident once. It was really annoying. I was driving down the road, coming back to the office, and I saw this big pink number seven float across the motorway. <laughs> and I st and there were there's a railway nearby, and I thought. Oh, What's the chances of that? And I thought, probably quite slim, realistically. It's a windy day. The railway's about 100 metres away. I got about 40 minutes to where I was meant to be and I got a call from my control saying, uh, we've got a balloon on the overheads. Drivers reported it. I said, is it a, a big pink one by any chance? <laughs> no. he, he said, how do you know? And I said, oh, I've literally just seen it when I was driving down the road, blowing across the road. And sure enough, it was that exact one. So I had to drive back and get it off. Let's think of some other things then, Joe, that can get on the lines. Animals. Ross. Yeah, animals can be a big problem. We get a lot of that in spring when all the all the calves and lambs oh. are being born. You'll be amazed how high a fence a cow can jump over. Hang on a minute. What? You've you've 
done a really good job of justifying the leaves as being a, a legit excuse and not just some sort of bollocks that I think mm. that I thought Network Rail had made up just so they could <laughs> delay a few trains. And now you're telling me cows can jump over fences. Yeah. Especially where I am, it's quite rural. There's a lot of farms and um, it's a conversation we often have to have in that Network's rails, Network Rail's job is to keep trains on the track and running. A farmer's job is to keep his animals in his field. It's this not, feels like an argument you've had before, Ross. It's not Network Rail's job to keep those animals in your field. And it, it sounds callous and it sounds a bit blunt, but we have it all the time and it costs thousands of pounds in delays. And obviously if, if animals are hit by trains, it then costs even more money. And I've had like four cows derail a train. All together, like yeah. a team effort. Yeah. In, or, or to get, like, they're rocking it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you see. <laughs> How the fuck have four cows derailed a train? I had an instant where they'd escaped their field and they'd got on track and obviously cows don't know where they are and aren't meant to be. And um, tri- driver came round the curve and four track uh, four cows were on the track. Yeah, but how? What do you mean? How like derailed? What do you mean by derailed? Let's say the the metal wheel runs on the metal rail, and it's actually a really small point of contact. Is it? Yeah, is that there's a there's a flange and a flat section. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming. Uh, off. Yeah, you I walked did. straight into that. I've been lining that one up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a, an animal as big as a cow can knock a train off the track, and that's what happened. So the train then ends up not not we're not talking drastically, yeah. just bumped like three foot off and ended up between the rails rather than on them. What about people who get on the tracks? Are there drunk people or people getting on potentially deliberately as they may have done this morning for me? Yeah, well, drunk people we get often just trying to get home quicker. The railway, you know, they think is a good shortcut, especially yeah. if they're rather than walking all the way round, they'll cut across. Or sometimes the railway will go direct to their like town. I've had because the... it's a railway. I've... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've had that. Like, why, why, why go along the work? curvy road when you can take a direct route on the track so I've had that I've had to take drunk people off who are just trying to get home um, but yeah the, the the darker side of the job is that we do get a lot of people that are there with intent to hurt themselves um, I would say I probably average one a week one a week now I had two just in the last few days yeah oh. there'll be a lot of people out there that immediately go do you, you know when it happens that someone's chosen to take their life by jumping in front of a train and using that way, there will actually be a lot of insensitive people that go, fucking hell, like, why have you... You spoke about cows causing thousands of pounds worth of delays and that lot, and then loads of people sit there going, well, that's ridiculous. If you want to take your own life, take it some other way rather than involving everyone else in it and that's selfish in the way you're doing it. And you're like, fucking hell, mate. Like, I don't think they're thinking that clearly no. when they're doing it. How do you cope or manage with having to respond to situations like that? Um, we get a lot of training. Uh, the company are really good at training us, and we also get external training from Samaritans. So they train us sort of how to deal with that, but also how to deal with those people if they haven't done it yet. Also, just the colleagues around us, we're all in the same job. The people I work with are superb. You know, we'll talk. If you want to talk, we'll talk. If you don't want to talk, we're here when you want to, that sort of thing. Uh, line managers, we always get phone calls or visits after a job to say, are you okay? You know, do you want to talk about anything? Do you want to take the rest of the day off? Things like that. So it's a really good support network. And, um, you know, personally, I just will have a chat with my colleague, maybe the guy that's coming on that night for the, you know, for the changeover. 
or I might talk to my dad when I go home. I chat to him quite a bit about work. And that's sort of my way of decompressing and dealing with it. But there is also like a slight dissociation. You have to sort of draw that line of, sadly, they're now gone. You know, so, and you have a job to do and you do it in a way that is respectful to them and, you know, respectful to their family and is in, within line, in line with your work. But you do, well, I personally sort of will disassociate from that that's now no longer a living person, you know. God, I mean, you've made that sound really simple, Ross, and it's, it's, it's not, not. No, it's not. But it does come with experience, and it comes with having good people around as well. Like, there's no way I'd be able to just do it on my own. Have you ever had an incident that you've had to talk someone down from it? or? Yeah, I've had quite a few. We've got a, a quite a high culvert bridge where I work. It's very high above the road, and you'd got up there, which is on the track, with intention of jumping down onto the road, so he wasn't intending of using using the train to take his life. He was intending jumping off the bridge. Um, but people can't. Only I can get up there to get to him. Only I can make it safe, you know, to to get to him. So just sort of um, go up there. I always take a bottle of water with me. Just say, you know, do you want a, do you want a bottle of water? Do you what's going on? Talk to me. Are you having a bad day? And um, it's everybody's different. You know, some people are just really happy to see you. And that's all they needed. Um, other people, you have to be careful. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to push them in the wrong direction. You, you want to, you know, want to be there for them, but don't want to, don't want to drive them away either. So. You've got a huge responsibility in in what is like a small part of your job, but yeah, yeah. When you said you've you've had to deal with two this week already, yeah. It's it's a common yeah common um, point. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of them. Like paramedics or BTP will get there before us because they What's travel. What's BTP? Uh, British Transport Police, because they'll travel on blue lights, so they'll get there before us, and you know they might have taken the person to hospital or whatnot. But um, but sometimes if it's in remote locations where you know access to the railway is particularly difficult and can only be done with with me there, I might get there first. In which case, yeah, we just we just talk to them. That's, that's all you can do. That's an amazing skill to have, Ross. Like. Uh, I know you're having to downplay this, but Joe, I think you and I would struggle with that. But Ross, you you having to do it all the time. It, it's good and bad points of the job. You know, it's actually quite a nice feeling if you've been successful in that. I don't go home and think to myself every day, I hope that guy's still okay, I hope that girl's still okay. You know, I, I, you sort of do your job and you, that was successful. We got them off safely and hopefully now they'll get the help and then you move on to the next job, which again sounds qu- quite callous, but I think if you think about it every day, it would get too much. But it is just a small part of what we do. I personally, I, I like that part of my job because I feel like I'm actually doing something that's a bit significant. I think we should take a little break. Let's have a little ad break, Joe. Come back in a few minutes. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Right, Ross, mm. I get the trains a lot, mainly mm-hmm. to here, and often I am delayed. Mm. But I've got no one to shout at okay. or abuse, Yeah, apart from the person sat next to me, and that's harder to do because we'll still be sat next to us because the train's not moving, so then it just becomes a bit of a thing. Do you get quite a lot of abuse and... Yeah, sometimes. It, it depends on the situations and the days of the week and what's happening. Like if there's a local football derby on and you've got 40,000 drunk people coming through the station, you can get some abuse then. Sometimes, yeah, if, if incidents happen that delay trains and I have to get on the train because I'm wearing all orange with network rail on my back, people might give me abuse. Do you ever consider just taking it off and pretending to be one of them? <laughs> if you're on the way home, don't ever travel home on the train in your work clothes. <laughs> That's the general Take rule. Take it off quickly. And yeah. oh, that, or leave it on a seat in one of the carriages yeah. and then you fuck off to it and then you go, oh, have you seen in carriage three? There's one of those fucking <laughs> railway, he's always making us late because it's fucking leaves and a mouse on the fucking train. <laughs> Ridiculous. Are you not allowed to go in first class? No, do we get nothing in terms of what? rail travel benefits? Surely not. I mean, if we're travelling on work, yeah. then we'll stand or sit wherever we want. Sometimes we might need to be in the driver's cab. But, oh, yeah. But if it's if it's personal or, or commuting, we don't get anything like that. So earlier you described your official title as an emergency operations responder. Well, mobile operations manager. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you didn't describe it as an emergency operations <laughs> manager. You described it as a... Mobile operations manager. Mobile operations manager. Yeah. Do you just respond to emergencies or so cows, leaves, mice, dildos on the track? <laughs> or do you have, are you in charge of actually preventing before getting to that point? Yeah, because obviously it's not always an emergency on. We have a lot of things that we're doing behind the scenes as well to prevention rather than cure. So we'll be out checking things constantly, you know, Checking access gates are locked so that people can't just get on the railway. All sorts of things like that. And also just checking other members of staff, make sure they're okay with their day-to-day work and see if they need anything. Um, Yeah, so we have a lot of things that we're doing behind the scenes as well. I'm going to give you a number of extreme weather scenarios, Ross, and I would like you to rank them in order of problem for your job, okay? Heat. Yeah, heat's a big issue because the overhead wires we spoke about, they're put up under tension. So with the heat, they sag, which then means you have to put <laughs> emergency speed. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know why. It happens. I Flange can't control it. Sag. Yeah. It's all it's these terms. Because he looked at he made direct eye contact and went, sag. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm the issue here, am I? Not the fucking guest. <laughs> Sorry. So it makes these lines sag. It makes them sag, which means that again they can be torn down. So you have to put emergency speed restrictions in, which is automatic delays. Um, it also means that things expand and so the railway has brakes in it, which helps you determine where the train is. So as the rail expands, these brakes then touch, which causes things to short circuit, you know, things like that. So heat's a problem. 
Um, the railway was built for sort of average UK temperatures. So with global warming and the way things are going, we're sort of getting to the higher end of temperatures that... So what can be done now? Can anything be done aside from ripping up the whole of the country's train tracks? <laughs> Streaming. Into, well, what I'm saying, if, it, if, if we're moving into a, a world where 40 degree heat is going to be a little bit more normal than abnormal... What are the things you can do to make it run smoother or are we just going to have to put up with it being shit? I think what's happening is as things are being renewed over the years, they, they are being taken into account, you know, the extreme weathers um, and, and the new normal of weather is being taken into account as things are renewed. So more measures are being put in and steps are being taken so that, you know, as time goes on, it's not going to affect us as much. But ultimately, you know, it is a massive railway we all know there's not a lot of money in it at the moment. So that's extreme heat, Joe. Let's have let's go down the thermometer to when it's unbelievably cold. Have you ever seen that footage, Joe, of um, trains with snow ploughs in Canada when they're just going boof, boof, exploding all this snow, boof, all this snow out of the way? Do the boof, boof. They put a snow plough on the front of the train. Yeah, we do have snowplow trains. Not not like an attachment. Uh, or when you just have an attachment rather than a whole train. I don't know. I oh. don't I think I think it is a whole train. Don't quote oh, me on that. No. I'm gonna find it for you on YouTube, Joe. Keep talking. But it's um <laughs> with snow it has to be twenty centimetres above the rail. If it's twenty centimetres above the rail, we have to stop the job and get a snowplow out. Right, Joe, I found it. Check this out. Oh goody. Tell me what you're seeing on this on this phone, this footage of a snowplow train. Seeing snow. Good um, start. The train. Just going, boof, boof, boof. Oh, fuck, that's a good one. Yeah, that's like a ship. Mean. That's like a f- ship front. Fucking hell, that is a lot of snow. How are that? Is, it's good, isn't it? So you need to be, when you say there's got to be 20 centimetres above the train track. That, that's the measurement that I use. So, but surely, that, where are those trains? America or Alaska? Yeah, probably Canada. <laughs> Canada, the Canadian trains. They do look quite nice. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So, there, hang on, this baffles me. I'm looking at these trains in Canada with snowplows on the front and they're running normal. They look like, wow, this is a regular service. Looks like they're going to turn up at um, Ottawa Station <laughs> and go, yeah, your train's here. How many hours ahead are they? Uh, it doesn't time, matter because, in, yeah, in Canada, they're just on Canadian time, aren't they? So You don't know what I was needing no, that information true. for. Okay. How many hours ahead are they? They're behind. How many hours behind are six they? Six hours? Is right, it? Well, it depends so, what part of Canada is. Well. Uh, it's it's six p.m. and my train's here on time. That's exactly what they're saying. Yeah, but why do we get fucking that, that snowplow train won't have passengers on it? Oh right, it, it's purely there to to clear the snow. How do you get this train on and off? Because it seems quite heavy, and unless you've got four cows <laughs> knocking about that you employ, or do you just get new four cows every time to put these trains <laughs> on and off? No, they, they never really come off, do they? They sort of get stabled in places well out the way when and, and brought out when they're needed. Right, so we've done heat, we've done we've done cold in snow that you can deal with. Mm-hmm. Um what about um about rain, Joe? What about it? Too much rain. Oh yeah. Does rain affect it? Uh, not day to day, but with rain there's the bigger problem of flooding. Like persistent rain long periods of time, we then have to go out and look for situations with the substrates. What's the substrate? Like the embankments, the, the groundworks and the earthworks underneath the track, the okay. ballast and things. So we have to check that there's no flowing water. We have to check that the water isn't pooling anywhere and that drainage is sufficient. This has made me think of a question which is in no way related, but you're talking about embankments and what was it called? Sub-whats? Substrates. Substrates. You know there's signs in the toilets on trains saying do not flush at a station. 
Is that because your shits go straight onto the track? I think it used to. I don't think that's so much a thing anymore. Do you mean go straight on the track? That's what you used to say in toilets on trains. Do not flush at a station. Why? But that's what I'm asking. Yes, but whether it was at a station or not, you're still shitting on the tracks. <laughs> yeah, but I assume that at a station, the, the fact that it's a station would mean a large number of people would be gathered there on the platform. So your shits would have a greater impact than if you had a shit <laughs> and released it at 70 miles an hour. I don't know, a 70 mile an hour shit has quite an impact <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually, was. <laughs> Have you ever shit at 70 miles an hour, Jack? I don't shit on trains. <laughs> what? I don't shit on trains. Why? Have you fucking seen them? Mm. Mate, you don't know what goes on in them. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Main, and actually, most of the time, it can't fit. Because <laughs> they're quite tight. The door, like, getting yeah. in anyway. There's usually skids all over the place or piss all over the floor. I don't understand. How can you not piss in the basin? Oh, you know what I mean? It's quite hard if the train's wobbling about everywhere. Do you trust, you know the ones with the automatic doors, the, in the little round ones, carriage C? Yeah. Do you trust the door? Because it's, it's an electronic lock rather than a manual lock. Not bothered. So if it went... And, and you're sitting there, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be sitting there because I don't shit on trains. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it's an emergency shit. Emergency shit? Yeah. What about it? You had no choice. Yeah. You're on a long train journey. And... Uh, it's the, either soil yourself at your seat... Yeah. Or use the... Okay. Door one. I've gone in there. Mm -hmm. What, and someone opens it whilst I'm sitting there? Potentially. All right, all right mate. <laughs> <laughs> can you shut the door, please? Oh, yeah. Or if you don't want to shut the door, do you want to have a chat? Or we can talk about like why this fucking train's delayed. They're quite big, them curved ones, so you probably could get in with you and have a chat. They are quite roomy. You probably get three or four people. Get in! Push. Well, if you want to chat, shut the door behind you. Oh, right, really lock them in. Well, so I'm fucking. Shall we go do this on the on a train? Can we finish the second half of this episode on? Yeah, come on then. I have seen on a very crowded train once from uh, Stockport to Sheffield across the peaks. It was so crowded that someone opened that toilet door and used it as an auxiliary area of the carriage. And it was quite the scene in there because it was a, a train full of football fans. Someone put the the nappy table down and was using it as a bar set all the drinks out there and it was the place to be on the train it's a brilliant idea isn't yeah, it? it was nice nice vibes I know what we're doing we're going <laughs> to fucking Stockport tonight baby oh yeah this episode is sponsored by the following excellent people like Nicky Butterworth wouldn't melt Shearer Shearer it's Ben Shearer John sells seashells on the seashore Sheldrake the lawbreaker Alistair Blacklaws. Whoa, Chris, get it, bam lamb. Whoa, Chris, get it, bam lamb. Dave, the Viking, Darking. Nibble, nibble, Stuart Kibble. Cool, Kevin Wyatt. Snackerjack Travis, Windy Rhino, and Alexander the Great Pacuza. Dangerous Dan Shotton. The Duracell Bunny, Robert Giroux. Burn, Jenny Burns. And the Barman, Andy Barham. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. Tom, have you ever been in a situation where you really want to watch a sport that's happening on the other side of the world, but you can't because it's not on telly or available in the UK? I have had that exact problem, Joe. I've often found myself trying to watch some really random sports like chess boxing or underwater hockey from time to time, and no can do. Are they even real sports? 
Anyway, I've discovered something genius called NordVPN, which means you can switch your location to whatever country is showing those random sports and make sure that you don't miss out. A bit like time travel, like we learned in the Black Holes episode. Was that time travel, actually? It wasn't quite time travel, Joe, but this NordVPN you speak of does sound like the perfect solution to all my problems. Although, is it going to cost me an arm and a leg? Not at all. It's basically the cost of a cup of coffee every month. And it also gives you extra protection from cybercrime. It keeps your information encrypted, which means it stops your IP and location getting out, as well as giving you access to vast amounts of content from all over the world. Ideal. You can go and grab your exclusive NordVPN deal right now by going to nordvpn.com forward slash Marla to get a massive discount on your plan plus a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash Marla. Ross, I quite like it when uh, the conductors on trains are honest about the signalling issues Mm -hmm. and also when they do so in a tone of voice that indicates they're very much on your side. Yeah. That sort of world where, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, we're still waiting for this, this cow to get off the track. Obviously, uh, the train's now delayed for the 10 minutes, um, and it's like they're with you. Mm. Yeah. Good technique. Yeah, I think it it's definitely helps. That's, that's how I would try and do something, because like we don't want to be delayed either. No. We've got homes to go to and, you know, families to see. And it's just more work for everyone when things are delayed. So it's it's not something anyone ever takes pride in and gloats about. Joe, can you give me a little burst, please? You are a conductor um, on a train that's running from... Where do you go? Do you go Charing Cross or London Bridge? I go to Charing Cross. The first scenario I'm going to give you, Joe, as a conductor, is that a cow has hit a bridge. Yeah. Ten minute delay, go. <coughs> nice start. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of time of day is it? Um, everyone wants to go home after work. It's a quarter to seven of an evening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. As you're probably aware, we have come to a stop. Unfortunately, I have just been informed by a colleague of mine that, yes, you're going you're gonna to question this, I know, but yes, there indeed has been a cow that has knocked down a bridge, (laughs) causing a landslide in the Vauxhall area. The cows in Vauxhall? So this cow was being taken over the bridge because it was the oldest dairy cow there had been in history. And the king, King Charles the... Third. King Charles III had given this cow, uh, who was named Daisy, the freedom of the city of London. Okay. And this cow decided to fuck a bridge up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reason for the delay. I will keep you posted as uh, as when I get the information from my said colleague, who's called Ross. All right, fuckers. <laughs> Chill. That's nice. I think that would work. Would it? People would be so confused as to what's going on. They'd forget about the delay completely. Yeah. <laughs> I might even like start with the like... You know, sometimes you start like a chant. Yeah. Do you? When? When you're trying to chant stuff. You... When I say, good, <laughs> good evening, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to par- partake in a little bit of chant making. <laughs> if you're up for it, let me know. 
um, and I'll know by your response to this. When I say you're gonna, you say be late, okay? <laughs> Starting here, here we go. You're gonna be late. You're gonna be late. You're gonna be, be late. Because a cow broke a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so I would keep the customers happy by doing that, yeah. no? That make, would make, make light of the situation, wouldn't it? Or, or you could do uh, some. T- oh, it's probably banned these days, and it probably should be. But like taking the back of the, tr- you know, taking the back of the bus. Yeah. Ever do that? So like, usually you'd have the like the senior hardest people at the back of the bus, mm. and it'd be like, right, you've got to take the back of the bus, starting from the front. And it's a free... <laughs> yeah. What do you mean, oh, yeah? I certainly understood what you meant. <laughs> yeah, so... Like a massive fight. But you're... Yeah, yeah, but not so much a fight. You're allowed to use your flip-flop or your shoe. If you're in, like, the middle, from front to middle, you've got to run to the back of the bus and try and take it. And people from the sides are allowed to hit you with their shoe or flip-flop <laughs> or not really any, like, punching and that. And then once you get to the back, you've then got to pretty much fight the five artist people at the back. And then if you do, you win it. So maybe we could do that next time there's a signal issue for taking the back of the train. If I have to get on a train in incident, I might use that. Yeah? Yeah. Probably you should take off your orange top, though, because people probably... They might listen to me. They might think it's official if I'm in orange. That's true. Well, that's good. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be... Why do they... In fact, that's the other thing... Why do they always just fucking stand Their mic back technique the is mic. poor, isn't it? Yeah. It's always like, hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> even, <laughs> even if you're not into ASMR, <laughs> you're going to have to fucking put up with me breathing heavily down the microphone. How long have you been working in this job? Five years now. Four years doing this. Five you, years with the railway. You strike me as someone that has been working a lot longer than that. What, you're 33? 32, yeah. 32? Yeah, we we were assessed and tested, like, constantly. What were we on today? Was it Wednesday? Monday I had a a day of assessing and briefing. Yesterday I had a day of assessing with my manager where they're just testing you, knowledge assessments, they give you scenarios and all sorts. It's all to make sure you're always on top of your game and and obviously rules change as well. You know, sometimes things change and events happen that mean new rules are written so you have to keep on top of them. So Fucking hell. Yeah, it's... It's really intense. The people that work in signal boxes that are moving trains from A to B... I take my hat off to them because I've done it for a bit and the pressure that they're under, particularly after an incident and the stress that they have to manage on a day-to-day basis, they're real, real clever people, you know, that are highly trained professionals, even down to things like, obviously, there's a zero-tolerance policy on the railway. So, you know, if you've got work the next day, it don't mean you can have a few glasses of wine with dinner the night before, you know, so they, they're, they're not doing things like that to ensure that they're fit for work the next day. All this business with the strikes and everything, like there's a whole bigger picture. It's not just about money I and what these people are worth. I didn't know. I didn't know how I was going to segue subtly <laughs> into the well, elephant, the elephant in the room. Room, isn't it? Yeah, but you did it wonderfully. <laughs> the elephant isn't actually in the room because he's on strike. He's down on track derailing a train. Have you ever had an elephant derail a train? <laughs> no. Oh no. Funny yeah, I bet it'd do an amazing job. It would. Yeah. Yeah, it really well, it would. depends. What size the elephant? Direction? Well, how quick the train's going. Yeah, like, you, you imagine being an elephant, just for a second. Yeah. Go on then. <laughs> Not bad, was it? 
You are quite impressed, aren't you, by that I've done that impression. before. Why have you done that before? Everyone's got an elephant in their locker, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> How small is your elephant? Your tiny, a baby elephant. Your baby one. <laughs> yeah, I am. Anyway, the elephant in the room is there's a fuckload of strikes going on. This week, I think it was labelled Strike Week. <laughs> Great name for it, wasn't it? <laughs> because every fucking profession under the sun has gone on strike. Well, yeah, we started a bit of an avalanche. Yeah, the teachers, the nurses, the trains, everything have gone on strike this week. Even on today's record day, we had to double-check coming in because it's been a three-day strike. Although I don't get it because I got handed a pamphlet at Tunbridge Wells last week saying, oh, we've got a three-day strike first to the third next week. And I went, cool. And then when I checked the trains, the trains are running on the second, but not on the third or the first. They tend to break it up a little bit, believe it's a sort of maximum disruption. Obviously, nobody wants maximum disruption, but the point of strikes is to cause that. So I think, you know, particularly when you've got multiple unions that are striking, they'll split the days up to cause maximum disruption. And so also people aren't necessarily losing three days pay in a row. They might be on a day off on a certain day. So it sort of minimises the financial impact on the people that are striking. Right, rewind it right, right back. <laughs> Why the fuck are the railways being striked? <laughs> it's um, It boils down to pay terms and conditions and redundancies and working rights and things like that. Have you been on strike? Yeah, I've been Are on you strike. on strike today? Is that why you're here now? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm not on strike so this today. is a working day? No, 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 I'm just day off today. Oh. So you want more... Is it everyone in the network rail? The RMT are our union and you pay to be a member of that. Mm -hmm. You choose when you start a network rail or the various other companies that they represent, you choose whether you want to be a part of that and if you want them to represent you. So you pay a monthly fee to be a part of that. Represent you in what? Uh, anything from like the strike action or say you get into legal problems, they might help you out with that. If you have a dispute at work where you feel you've been wrong done by, they'll help you out with that. They've just basically got your back and they'll make sure that you're not ripped off in any way by big corporations. Does what? Do, do you have a union? Yeah. I was in the NUJ. What's that then? National Union of Journalists. Everyone should have a union. They were superb. Sorry, you were in the what? National Union of Journalists. And what would they do? Let's say, Joe, and I can't stress enough, this is an entirely theoretical discussion, but let's say there was a particular manager who was trying to get a number of people sacked for things they hadn't done because he was an unpleasant fucker, then your union may step in and represent you and stop the manager truly ruining the lives of many people who work there. Yeah, but why wouldn't you just do it yourself, Tom? I suppose because, I mean, it's difficult for me to know, Joe, because it is entirely theoretical, but perhaps the person who would be under pressure from the manager wouldn't have access to all the legal documentation. And indeed, if they were being confronted by their manager, might want someone more robust to represent them. Yeah. So that's what the RMT... Is there more than one union, did you say? Yeah, so the drivers have their union, so that's who's been on strike yeah, yesterday, Wednesday, the drivers were on strike. So they're represented by a different union. And what they're trying to do at the moment is all talk together and coordinate things. And um, you're, you're part of the RMT, are you? Yeah, yeah. And basically, you, you guys want more money? That's not me personally, but that's one of the conditions. Yeah, that's one of the things that... That, that boils down to sort of... We haven't had a pay rise for, I think, at least three years. So you're basically on a lot less money at a time of massive inflation. Yeah, because uh, cost of living's gone up, I'm financially worse off than I was a few years ago. And I understand everybody is, but, you know, we do have a union that can represent us in this. We do work for a company that should be paying us 
what we, we have a right to earn. I always hear these snippets that the government need to pull their finger out and th- and then I'm like, who who the fuck runs all the trains? Like, is it the government's responsibility to... Do the government own the trains? It's really complex. It's really complex. And, uh, you know, even working for them, I still don't have a full understanding. So you, you, you have the transport secretary who... I believe is responsible for, you know, financial budget towards transport and how much money can be spent where. The trains and the running of trains themselves are owned by private companies like Greater Anglia and all the others. Southern. Yeah. Southwestern. Yeah. Southeastern. You've got the private companies, Network Rail own all the track stuff and the infrastructure. So it's there's so many people involved and so many companies. So I think the reason the government are being quoted a lot is essentially... They are, this is what I am seeing it as. So, you know, this is sort of what I've read, is that the government are stopping Network Rail, having those conversations, you know, and saying, yeah, okay, we will meet you on some terms and conditions. I think the government have just gone, no, we don't want to negotiate. You know, we don't want to let these people do this. And now they're trying to bring in laws to stop strikes and, and to de-unionise the country and just take away a lot of people's freedoms to say sometimes, actually, this isn't fair. Are they fucking thick? Are they thick? Are they? Are they thick? Potentially. Fucking hell. Why don't they just get into the conversation and help out what's going on? The world is fucked. Mm -hmm. Things do need to change. Otherwise, because... Please don't take this the wrong way. You fuckers Mm -hmm. who are striking every other day or, you know, not as drastic as that, but are then causing so much disruption to other lines of work that they're losing out of pay or mm. they're losing out on services that require all the trains to be running all the time and then the country ends up coming to a standstill. So when will this stop? Like mm. uh, People yeah. end up resenting you guys and saying, fucking hell, is it that hard to just do your job? We're trying to do our job and in order to do that, we need you guys to to take us there, please. Yeah, and the problem is you read certain papers who have their rhetoric and, you know, they like to demonise us and I know that no one that I work with wants to strike. You know, personally, I've lost a month's pay and I'm one of the lucky ones. I don't have kids. So you don't get paid when you strike? No, a lot of people don't realise that. A couple of guys I play football with didn't realise that I thought I was just going home watching Netflix and still earning. I've lost a month's pay and I, I don't have kids or a mortgage. I just rent with my partner. There's people that do have kids and families to feed and, and they've lost a month's pay as well. So it's, it's not a decision people take lightly to not, strike. Because... Not at all. Not at all. And, and people really are now, because it affects your mental health as well. People are now really fed up with the uncertainty. They're fed up with losing money. They're fed up of, you know, not being able to plan what they're doing because certain days they don't know if they're going to be working or not. Everyone is ready for it to come to an end, but at the same time they're not prepared to just bend over and accept all these things that are going to make their working life more miserable. Interesting, isn't it, Joe, that some people are expected um, to work for less money and in less safe conditions, but other people, like, for example, a recent former Prime Minister, expects other people to pay for his wedding for his flat refurbishment and for his legal defence against uh, the case that he had parties during lockdown. What do you mean other people pay for it? As in he's got like, someone else to pay for it? For mm-hmm. What do you mean? I mean that he got other people to pay for the Who? refurbishment of... Who? Boris Johnson. I ain't fucking paying it. How do I not pay that? <laughs> I would like to know, actually. Mm. Can I just stop paying tax? That's a bigger issue. Oh, 
you could make the conclusion, Joe, couldn't you, that there's one rule for one and one rule for a lot of other people if you wanted to go that way? I am going that way. I think personally that's more the reason why I've been striking is it's kind of like I'm, it's almost like putting a bit of a middle finger up to the government. I don't like the way things are going and the way they're doing things so they're getting involved in these talks so I'll do what I can to protest that. I heard a story, this is rugby related, that the England team once went on strike. Yeah, they did. Against, 2001. against the RFU mm-hmm. about the pay or something, match fees or something like that. And they were on a bus or something and said, right, we're striking, we're not getting off and until we get it all sorted. And then eventually they did get off. But then they went more formal and went, no, we're going on strike. We ain't turning up at the training ground. We ain't going into camp. Um, but then one bloke did turn up. And I think the term is broke the p- picket line. Yeah. Is that the term? Yeah. Or crossed? Yeah. Cross. So he crossed this picket line of like, I don't know what a fucking picket line is. What is a picket line? It's generally when you stand outside your place of work and you don't go in and you just try and raise awareness as to why you're not going in and drum up support. So what would be crossing that? Going in. <laughs> <laughs> Think before you say shit, Joe. Think before it comes out. Does that happen with the people that don't strike in the railways? Yeah, up that... there are people. I mean, there are people that aren't part of the union because they don't believe in that and they want to carry on working. And there are people that are in the union that have got to a point where financially they cannot afford it anymore and they've had to go into work to put food on the table. You know, everyone's got their own lives, everyone's got their own beliefs. And, you know, I won't judge anyone for their decisions. I think, you know, I'll do what I feel is right and I would hope that people paying to be a part of the union would carry on following their advice. But I also understand that, you know, if you can't put food on the table, you've got to draw a line somewhere. And that's kind of where people are getting to now because it has gone on a while. What what needs to happen, Ross, for the strike to be resolved? I think, first of all, they just need to be willing to have these talks, which I think are happening this week. I think this week they are actually finally getting round a table and talking about a deal that's been offered and... It, potentially looks like there might be a light at the end of the tunnel this week. But then it's just, yeah, there's certain things that, have, you know, they want to bring in that, that maybe shouldn't be brought in or, you know, from the perspective of the people working on the ground every day, it's not, you know, it's not safe or it's not beneficial. So start off with just having the conversations. I know that multiple times the union have tried to have conversations and from what I read, the government have stepped in and said, no, no, I'm not even going to entertain a, a conversation. Before we finish today, Joe, I would like to make a massive change of direction and ask you, Joe, um, to make some train noises and you, Ross, to rate Joe's train noises. Give us a steam train, first of all. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good, isn't it, Ross? That's a solid 7 out of 10. Thank you. Uh, Diesel. Fucking hell, 7! Diesel. What about it? I'd like a diesel, please. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you're at 3 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, mate. Oh, good? Yeah. that's a two. It's a two, right? Yeah, sorry. The final one, Joe, is... I'm running out of trains here. About Bullet train. <laughs> Fucking why have you made me do this? <laughs> You're a piece of work. You really are a piece of work. Do you know who else is a piece of work? Go on. 
you, Ross. <laughs> Thanks. And by piece of work, I mean a delightful A-star rated piece of work. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. No, it's We've had so much fun. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. Oh, I love Ross. Oh, a nice man. Couldn't believe he was 32. You're older or younger? Fucking much older. Oh. Not because the way he looked. He spoke so maturely and eloquently and (laughs) knew what he was talking about. Particularly compared to the other 32 you wrote in the room. That's what I was getting at. You didn't need to hammer that home. Well, I have hammered it home. One day, I'm going to get a nail approximately six inches long. Yeah? That's this big. No, that's massively big. This big. I'm going to put it in your thigh and I'm going to hammer it in with my forehead. Okay? Do you reckon you could hammer it? In all seriousness, could you provide sufficient force with your forehead to penetrate my skin? With a nail? Yeah. Are you a moron? Because I think you'd do too much damage to your own head. Not true. It's a flat service at the end of the nail. Not that big, though, is it? Well, I'll get a big one then. (laughs) But yes, of course I could. What? That's not That's not going into... You just headbutted my leg quite lightly. Quite nice leg, actually. Thank you. Firmer than you thought, or have I overstated it? <sighs> it's like your dick I headbutted. <laughs> if you would like to support this show, a little reminder, you can subscribe now on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. For just a pound a week, you can get bonus content, ad-free episodes, and you'll be growing the show at exactly the same time. You can also listen, Joe, ad-free on Amazon Music. Yeah, but if they were in a different country... And you say they'd be growing the show at the same time. Yeah. Like the Canada situation, they're behind on, on the clocks situation. How do they grow it at that time then? I mean, they're not growing it at the same time as someone who's simultaneous. They are. It's still the same time. It's, just... it's not because in Canada, say it's 9pm. In England, it's fucking <laughs> Why have you got this thing about time zones today? Because I can't get my head around it. We need to get an expert of time on. Ryan, can you get us a time expert, please? In the meantime, Joe, if you would like another podcast to listen to, let us suggest Why I Run. This celebrates the extraordinary and everyday stories of running in the lead-up to the global charity event Wings for Life World Run on the 7th of May 2023, an event, Joe, which gives 100% of all entry fees to spinal cord research with the hope of finding a cure for spinal cord injuries. Why I Run is hosted by TikTok sensation Erin Azar and Ayo Akimolere, who is a world record-breaking swimmer. They'll be meeting guests from around the globe who share their passion for running as they discuss the many reasons why they run. The show promotes inclusivity in the space, unique personal experiences, and all the reason why running is fun. You can find Why I Run wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to sign up to their Why I Run team online for the global charity event Wings for Life World Run. Lovely. Who's on our next episode, please, Tom? Joe, it's an archaeologist. I think you mean a... Maggie, can you say archaeologist? Archaeologist. <laughs> archaeologist. 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 Do you mean one of them? Yes. Lovely. See you then. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.